Hello and welcome along to the Southampton audio programme for the game against Grimsby Town in the Emirates FA Cup. In today's programme, we have our feature interview, a look at our brand new manager and an overview of our opponents. Dear supporters, I'm very proud to write to you for the first time as Southampton manager. Since I joined the club last summer, I've made Southampton my home. I've worked in football for a long time in many different countries, but I've never felt such a close family feel at this club, with everybody working together in the same direction for the same goal. Already, in these last two games, I've experienced the highs and lows of management. The performance at Stamford Bridge against Chelsea, where the players fought for their lives to take the three points, was unbelievable. I'd also like to thank the Saints fans for the way you received me that day. Even before the kick-off, I could feel your support, which meant a lot to me. To celebrate the victory together at the end of the game was a really special moment, a feeling we must push to experience more often as a group. To follow up the Chelsea game with a disappointing result and performance against Leeds was very frustrating. Before the game, we had spoken about the importance of giving ourselves the best possible opportunity to perform at our highest level. In the end, we couldn't do it and we didn't give ourselves the best chance to win with the way we played on the day. We accept that losing football matches can happen. We must always show our identity on the pitch. The high-intensity way of playing that has made it so uncomfortable for our opponents in the past. What is important is that we all take responsibility for this. My staff and I have reviewed the game and spoken about how we can make our messaging clearer and find the right triggers for the boys to perform. Tonight, we welcome Grimsby Town to St Mary's. I would like to congratulate manager Paul Hurst and his players and staff for an incredible cup run so far. They've already won four rounds in this competition, all against teams from higher divisions, so we know how dangerous they can be. For us, it is an opportunity to reach the quarterfinals and experience that winning feeling again. We will take this game very seriously and hope to use it to help us build some positive momentum because we know the importance of putting together a run of wins between now and the end of the season. We march on. Inside SO14, Sayers appointed to the end of the season. Southampton Football Club can confirm that Ruben Sellers has been appointed as men's first team manager until the end of the 2022-23 season. The 39-year-old Spaniard, who joined the club last summer as first team lead coach, led the team to a 1-0 victory over Chelsea at Stamford Bridge in his first match in charge. The Saints are set for the Youth Cup quarter-final as Southampton under-18s will resume their FA Youth Cup campaign when they travel to Preston North End tomorrow, which is a 7pm kickoff. The Young Saints booked their place in the last eight with a 3-2 victory over Fulham at St Mary's three weeks ago. Don Ballard struck a brace while Kamari Doyle was also on target as the Saints scored three times in the opening 15 minutes. The trip to Deepdale will be the club's first appearance in the quarterfinals of the competition since 2006. Ainsley Maitland-Niles is the epitome of cool, calm and collected. But however relaxed he may appear, the fire still burns inside for the 2020 FA Cup winner who is determined to play his part in a successful Southampton running. It takes a lot to unsettle into the mate in Niles. Football has done its best to test him over the years, not least his deadline day move to Southampton, but the Londoner is as cool off the pitch as he is when he strolls forward to tuck away one of his trademark penalties. Maitland-Niles and rushed or hectic don't tend to go together, but his arrival on the South Coast on September 1st does fit that description. Not only was the transfer deadline looming, with just two hours to spare by the time he signed on the dotted line, but his partner was giving birth to the couple's first child, a baby boy, at the same time. Sounds pretty stressful, right? It was crazy. 
to be honest, trying to deal with things at home, trying to sort out what's next in my career. He smiles on reflection. Juggling that at the same time wasn't easy, but it was a massive 24 hours and something needed to happen. And I finally got it done just before the deadline, so it was good. When you have your first child, it's different. It's a new experience, life-changing, definitely. Trying to juggle that with trying to sign for a new club at the same time, it's not easy. It was very stressful. When even Maitland-Nars is stressed, you know there's a lot to take in. This is the fourth loan move of his career for the 25-year-old, whose previous departure to Roma, where he signed for Jose Mourinho, served him well for the deadline day chaos that was to follow. You either have that mindset when you're ready to take on the world, or you're obviously going to be stressed out about a lot of other things. But I just take it as it comes. Every experience is a new experience for me, he says. I've travelled to Italy to play. That's probably harder than trying to juggle having the kid and trying to get down to Southampton to sign the papers and sign my medical. So I think that one was a bit more rushed than this loan move. I could take on the world. The softly spoken Maitland-Niles is happily settled in the local area. One of his first priorities after signing. Imagine a newborn baby having to go back and forth. Nightmare, he shakes his head. It didn't take long for the London commute to become unsustainable for the new dad. At the risk of repetition, you'd be hard-pushed to ever meet a man as laid-back as Saints as Mr Versatile. Perhaps that's why he adapts so seamlessly between positions, forever unfazed by fresh demands. This season alone, Maitland-Niles has featured as a wing-back, a full-back on both sides, a defensive midfielder, a box-to-box midfielder, and even as a centre-back in Saints' latest home match against Wolves. But don't be fooled by the relaxed demeanour. There's still a fire in the belly. How else do you survive for 20 years at Arsenal? Maitland-Niles was one of the stars of the Saints' recent back-to-the-wall triumph at Chelsea, memorably throwing himself in the way of Raheem Sterling's shot to preserve a hard-earned clean sheet. It needs to happen for us now, so by people showing that they can do certain things that they don't usually do or wouldn't usually do is amazing to see, he says. All 11 players that started that game, the players that came on, they kept giving me more and more hope, and I'm willing to fight for every player on the pitch and for the fans to help us in the struggle that we're in. Obviously, other results can help us out, but ultimately it's down to us, what we do for those 90 minutes, how we conduct ourselves, how we pull together, how we stand together as a team. It's going to be very, very important for the rest of the season. He joined the Gunners Academy as a six-year-old, progressing to play more than 100 times for the first team and representing England at every level. In 2017, he was part of the Under-20 World Cup winning squad alongside fellow Saints Carl Walker-Peters and Adam Armstrong, making his senior debut three years later. All of his five caps under Gareth Southgate came in 2020, the year that he played a key role in Arsenal's record-extending 14th FA Cup triumph. Maitland Niles played every minute of the quarter-final, semi-final and final. An eerie affair played behind closed doors at the height of the Covid pandemic. It was completely empty, a strange feeling, he recalls. The 2-1 win over Chelsea on the day Mikel Arteta announced himself as one of the Premier League's brightest young managers. I think it was two tickets each, something like that. Probably hidden away in a box somewhere. It did feel like a final because it's such a big occasion to play in against the top teams like that. And regardless of whether there's fans there or no fans, you always want to come out on top. With it being a final as well, obviously televised, everyone got to see it. But I think it was more special because it's probably the only game you'll play in a final without fans. So it sticks in mind even more. But it was a weird feeling when the final whistle went and obviously you can't hear the fans cheering or celebrating with them. If Maitland-Niles is to relive his career highlight in front of a full Wembley on June 3rd, 
Saints must first progress past Grimsby Town or League 2. A team who have already seen off four sides from high divisions to reach the last 16. Tonight they tackle Premier League opposition for the first time. They want to beat a big team to play against a bigger team than they are and say we're here, Maitland-Niles continues. They own to treat it like it's the cup final and we need to do the same. We need to treat every game like it's a cup final because we've got something to play for this season. Whether it's in the league, in the cup, we want to be able to come out of this season and say we've really turned it around. We're a team that people are going to be swearing when they hear our names. Should Saints be taken all the way to a penalty shootout, Mentor Niles confirmed he will be among the volunteers, just as he was in the Carabao Cup win over Sheffield Wednesday in November. Saints scored all six of their spot kicks that night, with Maitland Niles sauntering up to take the fourth, almost approaching the ball in a slow motion before wrong-footing goalkeeper David Stockdale. It's a unique approach, but one he says has never failed him in the past. I've never missed to this date. There's always the possibility of that, he says, breaking down his technique. I know what I'm doing when I put the ball down. I'm going to carry on doing it until people get tired of it. It's just a thing. It might not look like I'm trying, but my eyes are doing a lot more than you think. It's just wait for the goalkeeper, watch his movements, and I always have something in my mind all ready to do. But if he makes me change my mind, there's always that last minute where I'm moving at a certain pace and I can change my mind. I always go with a plan already, but if I need to change it, I can do so. If not, I just stick to what I was going to do. Saints will hope making an Isles specialist skill set is not required, but rest assured, he won't be panicking should the need arise. It's 27 years since Grimsby Town last reached the fifth round of the FA Cup. Back then, the Mariners, who were in the second tier, were beaten 4-1 by Chelsea in a replay at Stamford Bridge following a 0-0 draw at Blundell Park. The Lincolnshire side had disposed of Luton Town and West Ham United to reach the last 32. Long before then, in the 1935-36 and 1938-39 seasons, Grimsby's best FA Cup run saw Town reach the semi-final stage. It's taken Grimsby five games to progress to this year's fifth round, beating Championship side Luton Town in a replay in the fourth. Entering the competition in the first round, they had previously defeated Plymouth Argyle, Cambridge United and Burton Albion. Relegated from the Football League after finishing bottom of the pile in 2020-21, Town returned to the third tier the first time of asking in May after a dramatic 2-1 victory over Solihull Moors in the National League playoff final. They've adapted well to life back in League 2, securing 10 wins to date and sit 12 points off the top 7 and 12 clear of the drop zone. Town strengthened their squad in the January transfer window with the addition of midfielder Joshua Emmanuel from Hall City, while loan deals were done for four forwards, Preston North End's Mikey O'Neill, Norwich City's Thomas Dixon-Peters, Burnley's Lewis Richardson and Manchester City's Kendala Simmons. While promotion appears unlikely this season, the foundations for growth are most definitely in place. Following the resignation of Ian Holloway, Grimsby reappointed Paul Hurst as manager in December 2020. He had previously spent five and a half years in charge of the Marinas between March 2011 and October 2016. Hurst led the club back into the Football League in May 2016, but left to take over at League One Shrewsbury Town in October of that year. He guided the Shrews to the player final in 2017-2018, but departed for Ipswich Town after a defeat to Rotherham United at Wembley. His spell at Portman Road was disastrous, as he won just one of 15 games in charge, and he fared little better at Scunthorpe United, who sacked him in January 2020 after seven months. A left-back as a player, aside from a loan spell at Burton Albion at the end of his career, Sheffield-born 
Hurst spent 15 years at Rotherham, making more than 430 league appearances for the Millers. In terms of players to watch, Grimsby's born and bred tireless midfielder Harry Clifton recently surpassed 200 appearances for his hometown club, so he's certainly one to keep an eye on. Clifton joined Grimsby at the age of nine and progressed through the ranks to be given his first professional contract by Paul Hurst in July 2015. A lone spell at non-league Grantham Town preceded his debut for Grimsby in August 2017, with Clifton cementing a place in the side following that season. He's been a regular ever since. Indeed, only Luke Waterfall made more appearances for Town last season than Clifton as he hit seven goals in their promotion-winning campaign. He's already bagged six this term to sit top of Grimsby's scoring charts. Caps by Wales at under-21 level, Clifton signed a new two-year contract in June. And he's incredibly versatile as he's able to play in a variety of positions. But it's the middle of the park that the committed and hard-working Clifton is at his best. And finally, time to hear from club legend Franny Benali. Tonight marks the first home game in charge for our new first-team manager, Ruben Sellers, and I would like to wish him all the best in his new role until the end of the season. In many ways, it was not a surprise that the club took the decision that they did with his predecessor, Nathan Jones. All the energy and focus has got to be on the remainder of the season. These things happen in football, and it's a case of everyone having to come together now to ensure we have a positive run. Sellers had a fantastic result in his first game in charge at Chelsea. A win, a clean sheet and a wonderful winning goal from James Ward-Prowse again, which is what we have come to expect from our captain. It was also a great collective performance. The energy and positivity that we have showed, along with the brilliant away support that travelled to Stamford Bridge, made it the perfect day in every sense and we need more days like that now. The defensive effort was particularly pleasing to see. Goal-saving blocks from Roman Perraud and Ainsley Maitland-Niles summed it up. I couldn't help having a little smile to myself and thinking about where I had seen a Southampton fullback making a goal line clearance before. That part of the game sometimes goes unrecognised, and I know that is the defender in me speaking, but that is what it takes to earn points in the Premier League. Scoring goals is one of the most difficult things to do in football, and players are rightly highlighted and rewarded for doing it. At times, there can be an equal importance put on a block, on a save or a clearance that often secures points as well. It was disappointing to then see us follow up that result with a narrow loss at Leeds. We've just got to be careful, given the position that we are in, that we don't waste too many more opportunities. We perhaps didn't deserve the win on the day, but it is crucial to make sure we don't lose, even if we can't win. On to our next meeting with Grimsby. No one associated with Southampton will be taking this tie lightly, but it is good to be playing in at St Mary's, which is what you hope for as the draw is being made. On paper, it is a good chance for Saints to get through a cup quarter-final. However, many teams have come unstuck against lower league opposition in the past. That means we can't head into the game with anything less than a professional attitude. Southampton icon and cup-winning manager Laurie McNamenny will be present at the game today and it will be a proud day for him and his family getting to witness a tie between two sides that are very close to his heart. Franny. <laughs>